2: Middle call baby. Hey, what's
1: up, everybody? I'm Guy. Texted there. That's John. I was gonna call myself John Schefter. <clears throat> Texted on the air. Schefter. Schefter has normalized texting while on camera. Woj and Rap Sheet piggybacked off his uh. Yeah. Who did it His first? normalization of the phone on uh, normalization. On, that's on, right. TV. The key the two phones
2: stacked. Shifter ever answer the phone on TV? I feel like he did once. Did you see
1: that clip? I think it was, was it Mother's Day? No, Mother's Day hasn't happened. Christmas Eve or I should, New Year's Eve, LeBron playing video games. Uh, I didn't watch what was happening, but yeah, I did see it. Well, he's talking to his wife. He's playing, you know, Madden 2023 or whatever. And he goes to like text when he pressed pause. I swear to God, I think he had three phones. <laughs> I just don't know what you would need three phones for. Uh, yeah, it's weird. I You've been watching any
2: of Jack Ryan on Prime? Have I? Okay, the one thing about the show drives me nuts. One thing. Are you up to date? Uh, on the latest season, I've watched five episodes, so I have not finished it, if that's what you mean. Yeah,
1: well, I just meant like I I didn't sometimes you you didn't know if you were on season one. Yes, I I know. I I have started shows five years behind. That's true. Five (laughs) Sopranos. (laughs) One
2: episode left. Uh, One thing about Jack Ryan drives me crazy. This guy is a super secret spy. Okay, he moves in darkness and silence, and yet he texts with the haptics on. So he'll be like running from some Russian agent and then he'll like stop in some dark alley and you'll just hear him like texting. And then he'll turn his phone off and be like, I guess mine are off. But his his little sounds on his phone are on when he texts. It makes no sense. He's like texting in a in a safe house. But then he'll like click his phone back in his pocket and then continue to chase somebody. Why are his haptics on? I don't understand the haptics, <laughs> little noises. It makes no sense. It drives me crazy.
1: I used to have haptics on as well, and someone yelled at me to turn them off. They annoyed him, so I, I turned them off. I like them. Do-do-do-do-do.
2: Yeah, I mean, I understand why it's good because you don't have to have the phone on your pocket all,
1: you know, like on your person all the time and uh, all that. But do you think it's hard to make the transition when you get pigeonholed in uh, in Hollywood? when you play the role in which he played, and I, I was never a huge office guy, but we all know his character, to then become like Mission Impossible, uh, Jason Bourne, what his version of Jack Ryan. I mean, it's just this ultimate, yeah, you know, kind of James Bondish.
2: Yeah, it's an impressive impressive transition. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. I saw an interview one time with uh, somebody that said that uh, uh, John Candy, when he died, was about to make the transition into like more dramatic roles. And this actress that had worked with him, this was like an old interview at the time, was that people don't understand how talented this guy is. Like, he's going to be a huge star. Yeah. So, you know, you never know.
1: Schwarzenegger did a few comedies.
2: <laughs> were they funny?
1: Uh, yeah. You know, Twins with uh, with what's his name? The, the little guy, Danny DeVito, was funny. Yeah. I feel like he's done some other ones that were, you know. Yeah, he's
2: talented. I'm pretty sure he turned down some huge movie. Actually, in order to do a comedy. I don't know this maybe somebody knows the story right now,
1: but uh like could Jim Carrey play in some series? I guess he has. Yeah. I
2: mean Will Farrell has. Think about that one. Will Farrell did that show with um Paul Rudd. The Haven't seen it. Uh, it was on Hulu or Apple Apple Plus where he's, um, uh, yeah, well, Paul Rudd is his like manipulative
1: um, uh, uh, psychiatrist. Very dramatic, extremely dramatic. Did you ever watch the show with Steve Carell where he's uh, locked in the basement for 10 episodes on Hulu? No, because you told me, it, yeah. I watched the preview, and I was like, eh, and
2: then you told me it wasn't that great, so Shrink Next Door was the Will Ferrell show. Don't waste your time. Shrink Next Door is good, but it's just, I felt just, this, I mean, so icky. That was just, oh, just he's just getting manipulated. Just It's very good, though. Very good. Check that uh, out. Yeah. We are sponsored by our friends at Tito's. Tito's Handmade Vodka. Big weekend of uh, football. The National Championship is uh, coming up uh, next week. And uh, there's a lot going on. The playoffs are ahead. Or just nothing. Just hang time. Maybe you're watching a show, relaxing, whatever it is. Do it with our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. Yeah, we like to call it, or
1: as I just named, Wet January. And uh, that is where our friends at Tito's play a big role in our life. And whether it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you name it, Tito's is there for you. Whether you're going out this weekend with your family, significant other, your wife, your brother, your cousin, your buddies. Solo mish. solo mish. There's not, I, I never, ever look down upon a solo. I love a good solo mish at the bar at a restaurant. Yep. It's actually one of my favorite pastimes in this world is to do that so, yourself. Sometimes you lock into like a really good conversation with an interesting person. Yep. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it can risky, you know? it's, it's like, it's like playing golf as a single. Yeah. Of course you like, sometimes you get a, you get a, three other guys are like shit i like these guys another yeah. time like oh my god i regret this
2: <laughs> my favorite youtube uh my favorite ig videos are like just somebody like the random fourth they picked up who takes seven minutes to swing uh, that yeah. video was always a great ig watch hey uh tito's It is numero uno, okay? Tito Beverage, that's the man's name, built this thing himself, built his very own distillery, put his life savings in it, has won unanimous judges, double-choice, double-gold medals at the World Spirits Competition, Chairman's Trophy, World Best Vodka Tonic, many others. But simply put, it is the official uh, drink of this show. You can also check out all kinds of great recipes, by the way, at titosvodka.com. Drink it responsibly. Take it somewhere. As a greeting, have it on hand when someone's coming over. Order it at the bar or while you're sitting at the restaurant with some some uh, garlic bread or whatever it is you're eating. Distilled and bottled, in Austin, Texas. Forty percent wings, forty percent alcohol by volume, namely eighty proof, crafted to be savored.
1: Response: French onion soup. It's cold outside. Ooh, that's a good order right I there. I love French onion soup.
2: uh We're also brought to you by Draft Kings. Right now, for Wild Card Round Action, the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is the place to go. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets
1: instantly. Code HAM. Yep. Plus, all customers can get a a no-sweat bet each day of the Wild Card Round next weekend. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code HAM, H-A-M. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bet instantly. That's code ham only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus in most
2: eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario and Ohio. Bonus issued is free bets. One free bet issued based on amount of initial losing NFL bet is up to $10. Yeah. Eligibility. Wagering and deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467 Eligibility and terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash football terms.
1: Did you see that story? It would have been last week which was kind of funny once the game played out because it was a massacre. Drew Brees was added as an assistant coach to Purdue. And because he's got that deal with like, we're not, no free ads here. Whatever the gambling company is, which is not our gambling company. The gambling company, even though there was nothing shady or nefarious going on with the bets, they just paused all bets on the LSU-Purdue game because of his affiliation. Oh, wow. I did not know. I did not see that story. Yeah, now I, that you say it, I do remember somebody saying, pretty wife, sure LSU won like 75 to nothing
2: for the Purdue <laughs> game. I saw somebody tweet or somebody said to me like, you know, I'm rooting for Purdue. Now that breeze is their coach. I was like, wait, what?
1: <laughs> yeah. Assistant. <laughs> Where did he come from? They're, they they just, just needed a body. I, I think they just yeah. looking for <laughs> he bored you know, looking for a career, man. I saw a visual pregame LSU, Purdue. It's drew breeze serious conversation, Brian Kelly, and Dan Orlovsky, because he's calling the game, the three of them. I like the corner of the end zone, you know, pregame, like pre-pregame warmups, one of those, where it's just yeah, still yeah. kind of loosey-goosey, everyone's shooting shit. Yeah. The LSU, I looked up one time, it was it was 30 to nothing before you could even blink, destroyed them. One of those classics where it doesn't go Luke Fickle, the new coach, right, on the coach, he just watches the game in the booth, you know, just watching everything, having a good time, pretending it's not, not my fault. Even though did Purdue fire their coach, what happened? He let he went to is that the guy that went to Louisville? Oh, Jeff Braum, huh? He's yeah. from Louisville. Uh makes sense. But like
2: was kind of it was one of those I remember seeing like Purdue fans aren't mad. How are they gonna do better? Remember Louisville played Cincinnati. What their coach left, or maybe it was that guy, the Louisville coach, sorry, Satterfield that their fans were mad because that guy went to Cincinnati and those two teams played each other
1: in the ball game. (laughs) I I just think that the difference of the majority of just solid coaches is not that much different. You know, I mean, there's, I I think there's a small, small difference of just college coaching. Now that's all, and part of it has to do with recruiting is kind of equalized a little bit with the transfer portal is really thrown everything. Into a loop. Yeah. You know, yeah. I-, I watched Ohio State in Georgia and just thought there's just a level of player that's going to like the top five or six schools that is just on a different level than most programs. Now, sometimes you hit, you know, strike oil and develop a guy. You get a Logan Mankins from a zero star. But for the most part, some of those athletes that James Franklin had at Penn State, like I do understand why they're ranked in the top five or six every single year in recruiting. Like they are getting a different level guy, you know? It's just it is what it is. I was looking today. I got 63 7 was the final of the LSU game. Which in a bowl game is pretty ugly, man. And this isn't like this isn't a December 15th bowl game. This was was a date. The the 31st. I mean, usually that late you get even a couple score game, right? This is 63 to 7. You know the top
2: in the top 10 defensive yards per play. Number four, Alabama. Number five, Penn State. Cincinnati, Michigan.
1: I sent you that thing. The Kevin Clark uh, did a, like a still shot of the recruiting rankings at quarterback from like 2016 or whatever, and he was like, "God, there's a lot going on here." And it was like some of the players that were included were like Lamar Jackson, Jawan Jennings. Sam Darnold. It was just a crazy mix of guys. Juwan Jennings was a quarterback. Was a quarterback out of high school, yeah. Where did he went to Penn State, right? Uh no, he went to Tennessee, remember? Oh, oh, sorry. Different. I'm talking the 49ers, Juwan Jennings. Gotcha, gotcha. Not the Saints, Juwan Jennings. No, here he tweeted. Oh, he tweeted it because Jared Stidham, the 2015 class. He just quoted and said, there's a lot going on here. Number one, Jarrett Stidham. Number two, Kyler Murray. People forget, Jarrett Stidham originally went to Baylor and then transferred to Auburn. I'd forgotten that. That was that was m Kyler? This was A&M, Kyler. Okay. Brandon Wimbush. I remember the name, player, Notre, Notre name. Dame. Oregon Travis Jens, Johnson? J-O-N-S-E-N, yeah. Yep. Number five, overall quarterback, Jawan Jennings from Tennessee. Number six, Sam Darnold, Sam Clemente. Number seven, from Athens, Ohio, Joe Burrow, Ohio State. Tennessee got two quarterbacks. They had this other guy, Sherry Jones. Number nine, Lamar Jackson. Number 10, some guy no one's ever heard of. What's the name? Uh, Josh Pellerin, Ole yeah. Miss. Pretty crazy, crazy list of guys. Wow, Juwan
2: Jennings. Wait, did Juwan catch the ball or throw the ball week eighteen last year?
1: He caught the double pass. He caught it. Yeah, because my buddy Scotty, who listened to this podcast, Scotty Raver, was like, "I wonder when Kyle busts out the Juwan Jennings throw." Yeah, I wonder if he's got that in his back pocket because you're not the number five rated quarterback in the country, even eight years later. If you you could throw a little, right? Absolutely. What was the the uh, the it was the McCaffrey story where Kyle put his
2: head out the win, out the office, was like anybody know if Christian could throw? And the tight end coach Brian Fleur was like, "Yeah, I got the tape right here. You can throw." Everyone's the fighting SC- to get it get it when back. When you to watch the, the SEC on CBS this year, there would always be that they're like promo of like all the biggest moments, the Juwan Jennings. Hail Mary catch was always in that highlight. I saw it like six times this year just because it was in part of CBS's montage of like, it's the college football on CBS and they show great things, you know, and that was always one of them.
1: I think Juwan Jennings made the right decision is going to have a pretty lucrative career at his position. Yeah. For being a what? Seventh round pick. Seventh round pick. It's pretty crazy. Like you watch him. Clearly, he's not the fastest guy or whatever. You go, wait, they were 250 guys better in a draft than this guy? I know. <laughs> Hard to think. But it's just, that happened. And then Rrafted. didn't really play right away either, right? Hard, because remember they had, I think, was born still on the team that first year that he got here? Yeah, might have been. Or might have been. Yeah, it might have been one more. Yeah, I think he was.
2: Uh, TCU, a 13 and a half point underdog, by the way.
1: It was a little <laughs> was big, big, doesn't it? National title game on Monday night.
2: I, I think it does feel big, yeah. I was watching, uh, did we talk about this? The... Stetson Bennett post-game interview after the semifinal game, and then he just acted like it was the greatest game ever played. And then Kirby Smart was like, yeah, he's got to be better. We got to be better. Stetson's got to be a lot better if we're going to win. We just we got to be better. Just not good enough. Just not good enough. And the silent reporter was like, well, go enjoy that one, Kirby. And I'm like, Kirby is not enjoying this at all. And Stetson was acting like he'd won the championship. Was like, ah, oh, I can't even put – now, in his defense, like it just had a crazy finish. Ohio State was about to knock them out. Their season was done. The guy missed the field
1: goal. So it was a pretty dramatic, dramatic. He made, he had a, he, they blew a coverage, but he threw a dime on a big bomb, And then he yeah. threw a game-winning touchdown, which if I wanted to nitpick on that, and I was, I was like bedridden, but there were 55 seconds on the clock, uh, you know, on the game clock. And there was 14 seconds on the play clock. It's like, why are you snapping the ball so early? Because clearly they were yeah. in that weird spot. You had to score a touchdown, but you weren't in a huge rush. They gifted them an extra minimum 10 seconds.
2: Well, and Herbie made the point, like they cut to him on the sideline, Stetson, and he's like, right now he's got to be thinking about how they didn't take enough time off the clock.
1: Good point by Herbie. He's had a pretty good run as a walk-on quarterback, wouldn't you say, for an SEC player? Yeah. Has he graduated? I'm sure. He's been there seven years. He was the backup. I saw someone say... Before he transferred to the junior college <laughs> uh, to the team that oh, beat Nathan. that beat Lincoln Riley and Baker Mayfield in the Rose Bowl back in the, you know, like, oh, what year would that have been? 18, uh, 17,
2: seven, 17, was his freshman year. And then he goes to J.C. in 18. Then he backs
1: up from in 19 Baker Mayfield has been in the league. This is his fifth year option. He was the backup quarterback against that team. Yeah, incredible. That, that team had Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. I would say if you put those two guys on this Georgia team that and uh, Roquan, that team was pretty good, too. Georgia's Cur- just been turning. He's Cur- had Cur- a pretty good curve. run. Here. Cur- He's <laughs> just,
2: I don't know how he coaches all his hair over his forehead, but that's a different story. Uh, all right, so a lot of people try trying to figure out what to do. Well, the NFL's trying to figure out what to do right now. And I guess the, the good news is that it seems like DeMar Hamlin's doing well enough that it doesn't feel totally inappropriate to have the conversation about. You know, what to do with the game, what to do with not so much the game, but with the seating. um, and whether or not the game should count or whether or not there are some pretty crazy scenarios being thrown around, like adding an eighth. Florio wrote adding an eighth seed so that there's no buys, so that somebody doesn't get disadvantaged in the AFC is one option. Having the Chiefs choose whether they want to be the top seed and have a buy or have a home game. Is one would of the with the would the NFC add an eighth team too? Yeah, that was one of the scenarios. The, the scenario I saw, I think, it was Florida or somebody else wrote, like if you're going to add an eighth team, in the AFC, you're going to have to add an a- eighth team in the NFC, which I don't know that you have to, but someone was like, "Well, I mean, uh, if we're going to add a game. I mean, uh, <laughs> shit, might as
1: well add two. you know. <laughs> so potentially there would be eight games next weekend. Potentially.
2: Potentially. You know, it's you probably want to. I mean, we gotta I'm totally we,
1: opposed, we, honestly.
2: Yeah. That <laughs> so means you do,
1: what do you do? Three,
2: four, you know, three
1: do we, and, and one? Do you do two month double Monday night? What do you what, would it guarantee that is there could the loser no?
2: Could the loser of Detroit so it would guarantee that the winner of the detroit green bay game would get in even if seattle won earlier in the day no because seattle would be in so it would be but Se- i'm green- saying if you added an eighth team and then detroit beat green bay detroit would also be in that seems a little extreme <laughs> yeah i i look my first reaction is I mean, you know, whatever they want to do, I'm not up in arms over any of it. I'm really whatever. I mean, the situation that has brought us here is pretty horrific. And I think everyone's just glad that you can just kind of have the conversation that feels like the Bills are maybe just feeling a little better
1: because see his his dad went on the Zoom with the team. No, I did not see that. What did he say? Hamlin's dad. Was that today? Uh, I might have been yesterday, but
2: that's fair. That must have been pretty emotional, but also very cool for them. See Zach Taylor say that
1: Sean McDermott looked at him like, I gotta go to
2: the hospital. Like, yeah. I- <laughs> yeah. So I like to me, the 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 easiest solution, I think, is just to say that game's a no contest. You didn't play it. No contest different than a tie. If it's a tie, then it's a little bit different. Cause I think you get like half a percentage point or whatever for a for a tie. Um, <clears throat> so you say no contest, and those two teams just played. 16 games this year and whatever the
1: winning percentages are the winning percentages are yeah you you said that's the easy to i disagree there's no easy decision you know just to say that things are no i just think it's the easy well i think it's easy in the sense that it
2: creates no other you don't play another game you don't nobody has to make any other decisions it's just as simple as math like the game didn't get finished it's a no contest So let's just do the math on who's the one seed, who's the two seed, who's the three seed.
1: I I think the hard part about this is unlike the NFC, and we'll get dive into like the Eagles and the Niners didn't play, the Niners and the Cowboys didn't play, the Niners didn't play Minnesota. You know, there's just there's a lot of unknown going into this playoff, right? How the how the games are going to look. We saw the Bills beat the Chiefs. We saw the Bengals beat the Chiefs. We saw we we didn't get to see that game play out on Sunday night, but it was it was gonna be played right. That was the coolest part about the AFC is like, all the heavyweights played each other this year. Yeah, and I think it's pretty clear the Bills and the Chiefs. Remember how even though they weren't in the same division, obviously, but they just played each other every year. Our entire life was Peyton. You know, the Colts and the and the Patriots played each other every regular season. Like that's that's gonna be the Bills and the Chiefs. You could even say that's probably going to be the Bills and the or the Bengals and the Chiefs, and maybe even the Bills and the Bengals moving forward. Like there's just, just you keep finishing first place. You just play first place schedules, so you play each other. And it's just easy to rig it where you're just always going to have those three teams playing each other. Specifically for the Bills and the Chiefs, I guess the Bengals every once in a while, right, might not win the division. I mean, the Chiefs are winning this bad boy another seven straight years as long as Andy and Mahomes are wrecked, but and the Bills too. I mean, they're they're not going anywhere. I have a hard time just doing like the game doesn't count or even a tie. I, when I say hard time, like I, there is no scenario that they can choose beside the eight team, or that would be a little weird and probably unnecessary. That I'm going to complain if you just say the Bills got the number one seat. Be like so be it. If you say that they do the thing where the Chiefs, you know, pick and the Bills pick like the game theory thing, like you get one, you get the other. Like one gets home, seat, one gets home field, the other gets. You know, it's kind of like uh, Look, what about everyone's calling it the game theory thing. You have yeah, the, uh, the coin flip. Nothing's going to bother me just because this is a situation. And there are going to be people up well, and still, on. Philly
2: will be bothered, right? If somehow Philly loses a buy. If the NFC adds, an if
1: you do that, I know you said you didn't like that scenario. Th- that feels the like the most unlikely and crazy. That's the one scenario where I think a lot of people would be like, "What the fuck? W- why are you overcomplicating this?" Yeah. And by the
2: time you're listening to this, if you're not watching a list, if you're not watching a live, there may already be a solution.
1: I saw Schefter say there might not be a full concrete solution potentially till Saturday morning because there has wow. to be one before the games play. Yeah, you know, and there's two games kind, on Saturday, kind of important. Somebody now, brought up a, a neutral site thing too. What was the neutral site scenario? that the AFC championship game would be played at a neutral site. Yeah. But that also assumes that like chiefs and bills take care of business. You just never know. Right. 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 What if the chargers end
2: up in the game? They're like, wait a second. What? Well, I guess. Well, they, they would be on the road. Yeah. You wouldn't but play depending on
1: team. who they played. What if the Ravens knocked off some people or right? I mean, those are two 10 and six
2: teams that right now with the five and the six seeds, which feels unlikely. But anyway, you don't Jays. like calling it a no contest.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I Again, I'm not gonna. I, I I don't like just pretending, like the, the doing the the percent, the winning percentage. Yeah, and you know, I, to me, you just give it a tie if you're gonna if you're gonna count the game.
2: That that's fine for me too. I just I don't know. I'd have to do the math. Like it does, it does potentially give you a little bit of a different win percentage than calling it a no contest does.
1: Yeah. Well, if the Chiefs you know win I mean? this weekend, which they're going to. It would. They're gonna be. I guess unless They'll the be Bills had won,
2: yeah, I should say for people that aren't looking at the stand
1: the Chiefs are fourteen and three. The Bills are the two seed right now. They're twelve and three. Assuming and the Chiefs the win is the argument between the Chiefs and the Bills, and the Bills win too. If they both had won, is their argument that the, the Bengals? It's not like they all had the same record, right? Right, right, right. Because the Bengals Cincinnati would say we beat won. the
2: Chiefs. Cincinnati would say, well, we were winning the game if we had won at we home. could Be the two seed. Hell, if the Raiders beat the chiefs on Saturday, why are you looking at me like that? Uh, happened before. (laughs) So chiefs are not totally locked. I mean, for a 13 and three team they're it's weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're saying you would give some benefit to the bills, just giving, giving everything they've been through
1: again, that, that was a take. I mean, I I wouldn't argue against it. I think that, you know, the chiefs would be like, what the fuck? Like, what's, you know, yeah, I mean, there, there's no right or wrong way to do this without pissing people off. That, that's my ultimate point. And this is not a situation. Some of these, it feels like the league creates when they get into their, you know, their hands dirty on the suspensions. And then they got to take stuff back. It's like you're creating these. They no one created the situation. It's a freaky deal. The only thing that matters is this fucking guys health. The, the, the head coach told the other head coach, I can't keep coaching the game. Like this is a, it's I think the word unprecedented almost gets thrown around too loosely. This truly was because we've seen like it, it the NFL doesn't stop for anything, right? They, they, they were the league that like, we're not doing no bubble. We're not stopping. We're fucking pedal to the goddamn metal. The 49ers moved states to keep on rocking and rolling. And that, that league sets the tone in America in terms of viewership, in terms of importance, it's, and I, this is something that's out of every human's control. I saw it's pretty cool that things going viral of the trainer that did Yeah, see yeah. Like, it's just, it's a hard one to argue. You know, even though someone, like, who goes first on first take or get up and just goes nuts about the decision on Monday morning. Is Shannon going to be there?
2: Uh, Whichever depends. one he's on.
1: Well, I could, I could also see, we'll skip tweeting something about the decision. You know? and maybe bringing him back into not Shannon but uh Hamlin back into it you know and then people getting mad about his tweet Let's... oh
2: oh oh that's definitely on the table
1: cuz i saw maria was asking me she's like you know i'm seeing all this stuff on instagram about skip bay I don't really understand like i, I don't I, can you explain it to me i'm like well skip you have to put him in his own category he's hated so he, he dipped his toes in the water on something where everyone just wanted to breathe. Even the crazies on Twitter just let everything breathe. He couldn't help himself, but people already despised this guy. So it was easy for everyone to talk unlimited shit. Because I've had a lot of people in my DMs like, was he totally crazy? Like, this is an enormous I, elephant I in the room. I said the last podcast, he, he was, I actually kind of buy his explanation was I was not saying they should keep playing. I was saying the opposite. And the argument just for any simple minded, normal human being is like, it's just, can we just give it? Yeah. The guy's fucking laying on the ground, Skip. Right. The argument is, hey, man, you know what you're doing. That's the argument, right? Just stay out of it. Just chill. And I wonder on that specific thing. Maybe he just doesn't know what he's doing. He was just thinking out loud. Maybe he just thought like, this isn't (laughs) how
2: could this possibly be taken wrong? But I think the problem is it's hard if you play a role. And then you're like, no, for this tweet, I'm stepping out of that role and just being a regular person. Now he would argue, I'm not playing a role; I'm just me, right? But that's tough. Where it's like, you you believe that, don't you? That believe
1: he believes a lot of his takes. I think so. Yeah. I saw a meme yesterday that was like, uh, I guess yes, on yesterday's show with Shannon. Skip defended LeBron, and it was like Skip is so scared of being canceled that he's even now on lebron's side
2: <laughs> that's that's a great tweet yeah um yeah I, I i'm with you i honestly even adding an eighth seed wouldn't bother me i'd i'd be i i, I, I don't it, none of it gets me worked up um i'd be fine with the extra games if the niners were the one seed maybe i feel if i was philly i'd be like wait a second we can't do this but yeah, I, I, the reason I say the easiest decision at the beginning of this conversation, it, it's because about this. It's
1: better for our, like me and you personally, in our business, if the Niners play games, right? Like them playing in round one, assuming they win, is better than them having the buy. Yeah, assuming they win. Yeah,
2: yeah. But you roll the dice every time you play.
1: You roll the dice. It's uh, it's NCAA tournament style, right? One That's and right. done. Um, as the Cowboys fans, they're feeling themselves like we're gonna make a run, and then all of a sudden, Niners beat them, and it's over. They gotta know better, don't they? Yeah, but you just never know. You go, you go, twelve plus wins in a season. Well, I, do you think Minnesota Vikings fans feel great about their their chances right now? I talked to one the other day, and I was like, "You
2: guys are overrated," and he was like, "No, we're not." So I don't know. I think he he was feeling himself. I think a lot of people. Head coach of the Utah Utes, Craig Smith,
1: big Vikings fan. I think a lot of people are going to take. The uh, the New York Giants in that game. I think you're right. I think they'll be a sexy pick. Yeah, I think the Vikings are going to win it. I think it could get weird fast. Hmm. Uh, th- by the way, as you look out to this I, week. I, 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 w- do you know what's crazy? Hmm. And again, like it happened. There's nothing, obviously, anyone could do about it. But if that game had been just a random Sunday game and that same thing had happened to a player on a team with two non-players, it'd be so easy for the league to just, they wouldn't even have to do anything, right? Game just doesn't count, move on. Yeah, if it didn't have time. Maybe they they would have to, because it would impact What would make it harder, actually, is if it was like getting
2: into the playoffs or not, you know, or being left out, right? Yes. Like what happens if the Seahawks lose and what we just witnessed happens, like, God forbid... In
1: this, in the Lions, Packer game. Yeah, what if it was a Seattle or a Lions game, or a Patriot Jets game? You know, just it. In a weird way, it is less. Co- it's it's a first class problem, but you could argue first class problems in the NFL when it comes to the number one seed. I mean, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, right. Yeah. Having that, especially now where only one team has a bye. Yep. You know, it used to be both teams had a buy you knew exactly where the you know if you won you're going to one or two places it's just a lot different now which i like i you know i i like that the, it's it's you're so incentivized the number one team so incentivized like sometimes the two seed depending on the season like be a 11 and 5 team if tie breaks broke their way you know i i would say probably historically it's 12 or over but you don't have to be some great team to get that number two seed yeah. Sometimes on an individual division that gets in multiple teams, they beat each other up, and one team's eleven, the other team's ten, there's another eight, right? Like the number one seed should be to me well rewarded over the two seed. And they were basically equals. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I guess they had the home field advantage if they both won the second round, but which was significant, but which was. Because you both had buys, so
2: I don't know what the percentages were, but there was a good chance that you would meet each other in the conference championship game. Yeah. Uh, so right now – I'm not right now. Going into this weekend, there's four teams that are just winning in. Packers, Titans, Patriots, Jags. Um, Packers, obviously – I mean, that's what makes Titans, Jags great. Is There's just a 100% chance the winner that game is in, right? Whereas, like, the Packer game, 100% chance they win their end, but – the Dol- the lions have to win, and even then they're not guaranteed to be in. So they're in a different boat. Two teams are guaranteed to be out if they lose. The lions guaranteed to be out if they lose. The dolphins guaranteed to be out if they lose. If the dolphins win, they play the Patriots. They still need a little. There's a they still need a little help. But they need the Patriots to lose. Oh, that's right. They don't play each other. Sorry, Patriots no. play the Bills. So the Dolphins need the Pats to lose. So the Patriots uh, control their own destiny, right? Patriots control their own destiny, 100%. They win, they're in. Packers win, they're in. And then the winner of Titans, Jags, they win, they're in. That's simple.
1: And this is, I would say, a little bit like when Jay Billis and some of those guys argue over the last team in, in football. Like A lot of the teams we're naming, beside Aaron Rodgers, I would say are pretty irrelevant to the scheme of things. And most people believe that this Packer team, and I'm not far away, I just... I take them seriously because of their quarterback and the way this league works. If he gets hot, now he's only thrown four touchdowns, I saw someone say, in their winning streak. So it's not like he's thrown 10 touchdowns. It's not like they're eviscerating. They're scoring defensive touchdowns. You know, Rich has got them dominating on special teams, blocking punts, kicks to the house. It's It's a team effort, which I would say I've seen the 49ers win some playoff games. Sometimes that's better. That translates sometimes than just like, all depended on one individual. Totally. Because I because I know at any moment he could throw three or four touchdowns. Well, to Especially, me, it's like
2: if the Warriors somehow made some run, if they won their conference with like uh in the regular season with Steph averaging twenty two points a game, you'd be like, Oh shit, what happens when Steph scores thirty
1: five? Because I know saying, what Aaron's gotten them. The 49ers, what would you guess? Seven point favorite against the Packers? Yeah. Well like they're going to be an enormous favorite. So I'm not acting like Vegas is gonna favor him. I think a lot of people are gonna bet on them. It's just not your typical enormous spread. Right? It's it's just not. Even he has had playoff success, I get it. I'm not gonna co- I'm gonna go in there with just thinking like this is a serious fucking game. Where Rod- I would not, I would not view the same thing against Seattle. Rogers' last three games wins
2: in this, uh, well, four-game winning streak. 182 yards, one touchdown, no pick. 229, one touchdown, one pick. 238, one touchdown, one pick. 159, one touchdown, no picks.
1: If you looked up last game, it was a lot of the defense all sprinting to the end zone to take their pictures. And the
2: kickoff return for a touchdown also. And the
1: kickoff. that. (laughs) They went
2: touch they went <laughs> they went 105 kickoff return, touchdown, 75 yard interception
1: return, some field goals. Yeah. Honestly, I would rather play Minnesota week one than, than Green, Green Bay. Green Bay. Yeah.
2: Uh that's tough. I mean, in in a weird way, I agree that the Packers are better. I I just think I'm I'd be a little worried about Minnesota's offensive personnel. Uh, Even though I think they're so flawed.
1: I'll play Kirk Cousins. Yeah, that's fair. It's just that simple. It actually leads us to a perfect
2: day on the television and then on the internet. Shady McCoy, Rashawn McCoy, said that he thinks the Niners are not great. The statement was made, and we all think the Niners are a great team. And Shady went, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. I don't think they're a great team. How are they a great team? When they played another, and I'm doing shady here, he went, super great team. The Chiefs, they got blown out. Quote, they got blown out of the gym, is what he said. Now You always want to tell me, this is shady, was arguing with them, like, hey, you guys say the Eagles haven't played anybody. The Eagles he's, an Eagle, be- he's an Eagle homer. <laughs> Even so, though he got traded. Uh, he said, well, they must be taking care of him. Tickets, that kind of thing. He said, well, if you guys are going to say all that about the Eagles, I'm going to ask you the same question about the Niners. Which um, a lot of people uh, you know, that gets your attention because the Niners are the number two seed, they're 12 and 4, top defense, all that, great players. Every time you look up, they're scoring a bunch of points. So is Shady crazy? Crazy Shady. Are the Niners maybe He's a, not a crazy, yeah. Great team. <laughs> I don't think it's an outrageous statement at all. I think you might be right. I, I honestly don't know if there is a truly great team in the NFL this year. I'm gonna give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said, they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get two more like it. And I sent him the Lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella Story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling. Every time. To top it off, the performance package throws in two free gifts, boxers, 2.0, and the new toiletry bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code HAM and manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, code HAM. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. Butcherbox.com slash HAM helps you make good decisions. Last night, I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden, it was homemade taco night with butcher box you don't have to worry about what's for dinner butcher box is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials you get peace of mind with butcher box because it's high quality meat and seafood you can trust you get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping as always and you get the ultimate customization your customization might be i don't know what to do send me the good stuff and they send you the good stuff curated right now. Go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham. And you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball too. I've got some season long, more or less picks. On multiple stat projections on home runs, uh, not off. Not feeling great about Shohei, less than thirty-eight and a half right now. But I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance and on Prize Picks you can win up to one hundred x your money with as little as four correct picks i love it it's download the app today use code ham50 for the first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars tekovas oh yeah i was just looking at some pictures of a concert luke bryan my wife and i went to i don't know 10 years ago she had some old cowboy boots on this is like a couple weeks ago and i said you, you need some new boots because we're going to see luke combs so she went to Takovas. Dot com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to Tacovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented western wear, and it's all kinds of western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, Performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Decovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Decovas.com. That's
1: T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event, concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough, and here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout, and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now.
2: I got to tell you about the Eufy video lock. I've spent years trying to upgrade my security system at the house with one of those big name companies that I'll be honest, sucks. I got the Eufy video lock and it's an automatic improvement. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock. It's easy to install, just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. And now I've got the keyless entry. I always go for walks. I don't want to take keys. I hate stuff in my pockets. I go without the keys. The fingerprint recognition lets me in in less than one second. There's no monthly fees. You have your recordings locally You never have to pay for storage. I love knowing that doorbell ring was just a delivery. I don't have to jump up and get it. Or if I'm out of town, I can look, I can see the landing in front of the door and tell the neighbor, hey, do you mind swinging by and picking up something? I love the 3-in-1 Video Smart Lock from Eufy and you will too. So search Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacation's coming. You spend less on airfare. It means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
0: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
2: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Chiefs
1: can be a little wonky, even though they're 13-3. and three. I mean, that's... Well, if, if the great team would come from the... who, If you were to beat those teams, right? If the Chiefs beat the Bengals and then beat the Bills and then beat the 49ers again, they had a great season, right? At 17-4. and four or whatever their final record would be, where the Bills beat the Chiefs again, beat the Bengals. To me, the AFC team resume, same thing with the Bengals. You win the Super Bowl and beat, because they've played each other, you've had a remarkable season. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 Remark- I, I, where I, I think I, the Eagles and the Niners, if you wanted to nitpick, even though all that matters is you're the Super Bowl champions or you beat the NFC, it definitely has been an easier road in the NFC. Both people nitpick their two schedules. I'll say this about the Eagles. Their division's a lot harder in the Niners division. So you've played the Cowboys twice. You've played the Giants tw- or technically after this season, after this week, even though they're resting everybody. And even the football team who did beat them is a scrappy little squad, right? That's easier than fucking playing this version of the Rams or Arizona. But my point ultimately being is like, who cares? I've watched both teams when they're on. The Eagles went healthy early in the season, and the 49ers this last month with Purdy time, it's pretty clear they're damn good. And I would take their chances against those other three teams. Like the version we saw of the Niners, to me is a lot different than the version now when they played the Chiefs. Because that game, best team they've played, was a massacre. It was a massacre. <laughs> I mean, that that was really bad. But I do believe they're much better now. And a huge part reason is this is the best quarterback they've had starting for them this season. Not debatable, not arguable. Just like the eye test. But again, their defense was bad last week, but on the aggregate, it's been damn good. Do you think think the 49ers are a great team? No. They could win the Super Bowl, I don't think. The, The Super Bowl, I think the 49ers, I think Harbaugh's Super Bowl team was better top to bottom. And I definitely think when I was a kid, the 94 team, with like 11 all pros, Deion Sanders, Jerry Rice, Steve Young was. I mean, that's a great team. Like, I don't know if this is a great team. Well, I, good. I think the they, NFL is a little watered down this year. Yeah, right? I think the NFL. Yeah. I mean, part of it is, you know, your strength of schedule
2: is not going to be great when you are what the Niners um, and Eagles were, right? Which were teams who were not great last year. So just. Your opportunities are not going to be with the like the top of the AFC. And you would take it, like you'd rather play a weaker schedule. This isn't college football. You don't have to prove anything in the rankings. But your strength of schedule is just not going to be the same when you were a team that finished that was a wild card team the year before instead of a division winner the year before. Right. So, like I think that's that's the first thing. Like your schedule is gonna look different fundamentally. Like Philly and San Francisco, if they're the one in the two seeds in 2023. Their schedules will look better just because they're going to have first place. Well, schedules. I'll
1: tell you this. The 49ers and the NFC West, I was looking probably within the last month. The NFC East is the NFC other division they play next year. So strength of schedule going into the season will look a lot better, right? Because they got three playoff teams. Yeah, exactly. Just add up the wins. Yep. So that means the Eagles are not going to be one of their first place games. So who are they going to play? Probably Minnesota and... <laughs> Minnesota and the Bucks will be two other games that they play. Play the Bucks a lot. Yeah, they do. Um, so Tom I will be there
2: though. I I, I watched the clip. Uh, I didn't think LaShawn McCoy was saying anything crazy. I mean, I now look. I do think the Niners on a given day can be great, right? I think their defense can be great. We've seen it. But I think they've got. I still think they have something to prove. Maybe that's the best way to put it. Like if you just desc- if you go through these this playoffs and beat an AFC team. We could look at you differently than we look at you today. If you're great, if you beat the Bills or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, like that changes things. If you beat Philly on the road, that changes things, you know, in terms of perception, not that any of that stuff really matters. Like the good news, I think, even though I, I agree with LaShawn is that I do think on, on a given day, they, they can be great. They can be great. Like their defense can be great. They have a ton of great, they do have great players. Which allows them to be potentially great. Like I think they're really well coached. So, they, but but again, like
1: their resume is anything but. Like they they lost well, to the Bears this year. I'll give you one. Akash, our buddy, tweeted this out, and it was forwarded to me by someone else. And Hufunga, who last year, late round pick, great score story has you know the fumble return whatever. This year becomes a starter, Pro Bowler. People, when I tweeted, like, what an incredible accomplishment to be a Pro Bowler, and a lot of people are like, Pro Bowls don't matter. Well, yeah, the end, like the end result, whoever plays in the game doesn't matter. But when you're announced to the original Pro Bowl team, like that's impressive. Yeah, Derek Carr has made Pro Bowls as like the seventh alternate. But like Josh Allen being a nine-time Pro Bowler, that means he was announced the first Pro Bowl, and that's what Hufunga was. Hufunga's first ten games, four picks. Four picks, and obviously he was one of the best tacklers in the league. He was fantastic. He's still a really good tackler, but these last seven games, the more tape that gets out on you as a starter, the more these offensive coordinators spend 90 hours a week in their office fucking game planning, watching tape. What have they done? They have gone after him in the passing game. They attempt to do anything possible schematically, formationally, with motions to get him, to force him. To leave the box and cover somebody. He's allowed a bunch of touchdowns, five touchdowns the last seven games. And you see it like that is never gonna be his thing. So when the 49ers like part of he is one of their better players, right? When when the Niners are rolling on defense, he's crushing people. But if you get him going back, not forward, because when he's coming at you, he's gonna win. He's not gonna miss a tackle. His closing speed's incredible. He's just a fucking hunter. When he goes back, you know, like he's got to play like Ed Reed or just got to play like the position calls for sometimes, he is disadvantaged with speed. And that's, you know, game one, you play the Packers. You know, do they, I guess, they're tight end, I don't even know, uh, Mercedes Lewis and what's his name Onion. towards ACL last year. And then you look at the Cowboys, they got, you know, uh, what's his name, who's actually a pretty good player. They're tight end, AD, uh Schultz. You know, the Eagles Goddard's a really good player. So, like, you do face, and obviously the AFC's got a ton of tight ends, right? I mean, the Bills, Knox, we know. I mean, who the Chiefs have? I don't know, one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Like, that is a position. You What did we say the other night? Like, obviously Devontae killed them, but God, thank God they didn't keep going to Waller because they had no answer for that position. They're going to struggle with covering that guy. So, I'm just nitpicking, like, what could derail them. Like, being a great team, you don't really have a weakness. That's why I go back to the 94 team. They did not have a weakness. They, their running game was unreal because their offensive line was awesome. Their quarterback was mobile, and they had Ricky Waters and William Floyd. They had Brent Jones, Jerry Rice. Then defensively, they, their rookie was Bryant Young. You know, the, their linebacking core was fantastic with Plummer and Ken Norton, and then their DBs led by Deion fucking Sanders. Like, they they were, that team was, to me, just dramatically better.
2: Yeah, it's one of the all time great teams playing really well right now. Time will tell us whether or not,
1: you know, they have a great quarterback or not or a really good quarterback or whatever. We'll find out. They luck out a little bit, like we said, about like he is not matching up for the most part against Herbert Allen Mahomes. Right.
2: Yeah. And also when he if even if he does, he's got what he has in Debo, Elijah Mitchell, who's back at practice, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle. Brandon IU Juice, just the whole thing he's got is pretty unique, right? So he us have the
1: fifth quarterback in 2015, Juwan Jennings.
2: <laughs> Juwan Jennings on every two, twice a game will catch some crazy third down. So now look, they're they're number three in DVOA, they're number one in in uh, defense, they're number seven in offense. P- part of my ultimate point is that's it's fine. You don't have to be an all time great team this year to win the championship. I don't think because I don't think there is one.
1: 100%. in the league
2: this year so it's okay you
1: I don't look at them any differently whether you tell me they're a great team or not well I saw someone comparing like stop talking about the 80s and 90s in the chat you you don't you don't play those teams you're not compared to previous year's teams right. you're not playing some of Belichick's great teams in the Super Bowl you're not, you're not playing the 94 Cowboy you're playing this year's squads and uh I think the NFC they can win the NFC they, they would be the underdog in the Super Bowl more than likely right they definitely would be against the Bills or the Chiefs. The Bengals, that could be a pick 'em, because the Bengals were to get there, it'd be pretty damn impressive. That's part of it. like whoever gets there in the AFC is going to be like, damn. Obviously, the Niners would be impressive, but it's a little less impressive. Like you don't, you're just not going to get as much credit being the Vikings when you're a six-point favorite at home. That's a good point.
2: Whoever comes the, out of the AFC, well, has I was to thinking about probably
1: two games that will be very impressive, right? I was thinking today the Niners are pretty heavy favorites against everyone they're going to play except a healthy Eagles and even the healthy Eagles on the road. What's that line? Niners minus one. Or excuse me, Niners plus one. If yeah. An underdog. I, I mean, I could see it being. I think if the Niners plus three, fucking two no, no was, and the Sharps would take them. No, I wouldn't go that far. One and a half, maybe. Yeah, two. Maybe. But if it's under three, then right away you're saying these aren't equal teams. Right. <laughs> and we're acknowledging it's not gonna be three. So now you still gotta play the games. The point spreads are relevant if you lose. ask the Packers last year that what was the nine or six and a half point underdogs going in that game? And honestly, if it wasn't for just momentum on their side, it probably should have been a little higher than well, that. Then you watch the game, you're like, yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that Jimmy roll out like, oh my God, Jimmy's gonna make a play. Hits the Packer guy in stride. Remember that he they were in the end zone. He hit him in stride. I do. Purdy hasn't still- even come remotely close to doing any of that shit in the red zone. I'll, I'll give him that. No, I guess he almost threw the pick in the red zone on the goal
2: line. <laughs> yeah, I still think. No, I still think. As you know, your your lists and greatest things I've ever seen and blah blah blah. Like those evolve the block punt touchdown is on the short list of just the most stunning. When you're watching a game going, they're going to lose just that. How on earth do they win this game? How do they get down the field and score? How are they going to score a touchdown? They can't do it. Can't
1: be done. Well, it couldn't be done. They couldn't have done it. Right. Couldn't have done it, <laughs> but they had high tower, bro. He was scheming up the high tower, man. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, if you're going to get fired, aka, That Travis Chakawa's home runs probably up there and like, how, like this,
1: it's all they can't.
2: Yeah. Sorry. If you're going to get fired, go out with a bang.
1: You, your unit has one of the great moments in the history of the franchise. Yeah. (laughs) On the road. I do think on the road, on the road victories are, especially in the right environment. I remember Harbaugh won an on the road game at Carolina. It ain't the same. Like you went (laughs) on the road in philly in green bay you know in the afc in buffalo in kansas city in pittsburgh it's it feels extra good right because obviously if you're on the road that means you're fucking the underdog you know that's the it's a double whammy like you're not going on the road in the nfl playoffs like oh yeah we're favored by five everyone but i think like
2: and now it's not going to transpire but if they were to go to minnesota they'd
1: be favored but that environment would feel pretty special well, that environment, leading up to kickoff, that ten minutes before, and when Fox pans to the skull chant, would be incredible, right? All purple, all perfectly timed. It feels like everyone's arms are moving at the same speed. They'd have like, uh, who would they have in there? Fuck, I just roll back out, Bud Grant, have him, you know, shooting the cannon or whatever they do. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> Byron Buxton. Yeah, exactly. You, I was gonna say Kirby Puckett, R. A. P. But uh, you could you could have some Carl Towns, Carl Towns, <laughs> K. G. Not Carlos Correa. KG. Is he signed
2: yet with anybody? Well, there I saw the headline. I saw today was their work. Him and the Mets are working through some things.
1: Gotcha. So far, I wasn't pleased with Boris talking some shit. Yeah, I saw the Yankees resigned every general manager from the last 30 years. Got so. Omar Minaya and they got Brian Sabian. Incredible. You just sometimes got to have some scout scouts. <laughs> uh, That's your class. You think we're too analytical? Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll go throw back on you.
2: We need some horses. <laughs> uh, I wish they'd just gotten Bochy. That would have been perfect. God. So, John, coming up on a Sunday, it'll be Sunday, January 6th. 6th is Friday, 7th is Saturday, 8th. It'll be the 8th. The first game that Brock Purdy started was December the 11th. Now, he came in in the the Dolphins game on the 4th. So, as we sit here on Thursday afternoon, we are basically exactly a month from his debut. Not his first start, but his his Miami game. And, um, you know, I think when you talk about a guy having four or five starts, You think, well, by the fourth start or the fifth start, he's going to look a lot more comfortable. And what we've, I've been blown away with is that he looks the same. Like he looked five weeks or two years or whatever comfortable from the beginning. And I think one of the questions with him, because it does, it's the part of the scouting you can't really do, it's the part of the combine that just doesn't exist, it's the part of the tape that doesn't exist. Like, who is this person? What does this human have when we get him in the building that will make him different from another human?
1: And it, 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 the, the it, it does feel like he's got it. I think sometimes when you get a backup quarterback coming in, in this case, the third string quarterback coming in, you see the coach try to create the trust. Like they get up on the podium, they go, we believe in this guy. But it's like they have to say that. It's like, what are they actually saying in the locker room? I'll never forget Dick Vermeil saying, Kurt Warner's our quarterback and we will win with Kurt Warner. At the time, no one had ever heard of Kurt Warner. And he, like, spoke it into existence. And obviously, Kurt won the MVP and the rest of history. For the most part, it never plays out that way. Like, who knows what the hell Mike McDaniel's saying to his team right now. They know they're kind of fucked. <laughs> I mean, they're signing Mike Glennon. Their quarterback's dropping like flies. Who 10 is starting the ball. game? Is it the call it The I think it's the Skyler Thompson. Yeah, it's Thompson. This one, right when the guy came into the game. The game ended and every guy on the defense, like to a man, it felt like I don't think they're just saying this. And the leader of the defense, the guy that speaks the most, was pretty outspoken of like, I think he's gonna be fine. Plays against us every week. You're like, okay. I mean, these guys know him, they believe in him. But ultimately, it's on the offense, <laughs> like they gotta play with him. And I think pretty quickly, from stories about like Trent Williams saying they like yells at guys in the huddle. To a couple games of, I, I saw Brandon Ayuk's quotes after the Raider game of like, I don't know what more you guys need to see. Like, we just saw him in the position, it's a late game, tie game, down in the game, lead us down the field. George Kittle just saying like how instinctual he is when he rolls out on that pass that he threw for the touchdown. Basically, like, he just keeps up his eyes. Like, that's a trait that not all quarterbacks have. So the defense believe in him. Clearly, Kyle did. But it wasn't in the position like Kyle wasn't in position to be like, no matter what, we're going to win with Purdy. And that's not really his style anyway. But I think when – and really their players, you know, Fred, George, Trent's not a huge talker, but I think the wide receivers will definitely speak their mind when needed, that when they spoke just not even like overly glowingly, like, yeah, I don't know, this is – Authentic. Yeah, yeah. Because to me, he's passing like the eye test is pretty remarkable. So, you know, what you just made me think of is we did two, you agree that a lot of coaches? I don't know if they're necessarily faking it, but they, they, that's part of the gig. You got to like try to speak it into existence. Well, you have to you are talking to that person. <laughs> I, I'm talking.
2: Oh, he I, I told the media he believes in me. All right. Well, do you believe in you? Do you? Do you do you know when you walk into a room if your teammates believe in you or not? You see Robert Sala today said he just needs to get away and read a book. Who does? Zach Wilson. I saw Michael floor said we in hindsight, we should have benched him his whole rookie year. Michael floor said think, in hindsight, it would have been better for him to sit. Do you think saying that he knows he might get fired? I he's think like, he's it. It feels to me like he's kind of like, did they tell him this guy has to play and the coaches didn't want him to play? That's what it felt like
1: to me is like, but they, they, said, but they didn't remember last year. They didn't have a veteran. It was just Z- uh, Mike White. Or they got Flacco late, maybe. Yeah, maybe they could have got a veteran if they didn't have one.
2: But what you made me think of, listening to you right there, was week two when Jimmy came in. And remember how excited everybody on the team was? And it was, like, eye-opening. Like, oh, my God, Trey Lance's season just ended, and these guys are dancing around. But I think
1: what it what it turned out, they had nothing to dancing do around. with they it. Dancing around. They almost did what you guys do at, like, Jewish weddings where they put them on the fucking shoulders and dance around. Um, it was, it was, it was
2: uh <laughs> Did you hold the did you hold the chair at my wedding? Oh yeah. I'll
1: have to check the photo on that. Um but it, it had nothing to do with Trey. Probably really. on her. I just you, you can't afford, you know. <laughs> Got to put yourself in a position where if it does go down, you want the lightest possible.
2: <laughs> I just remember feeling like the ceiling was like right there. <laughs> um but it had nothing to do with Trey really. It had everything to do with Jimmy and how happy they were for this guy for everything he's been through. And I, it was kind of similar for Brock for these guys who love Jimmy remember they did not spend that game like crying over Jimmy now they didn't have time to but it was just eye-opening to see this moment where usually your starting quarterback goes down it kind of it's a hit to everybody and then Jimmy come in comes in and the, it's just a party. Well Brock came in when Jimmy went down and it was kind of similar, right? Just like the first time it had nothing to do with Trey, the second time, here's a guy that we know they love in Jimmy. He goes out, and they kind of had the same reaction to Brock. Now, maybe if the wheel continued on and Trey one day came in for Brock, maybe they'd react the same way for him too. I'm not saying they wouldn't. I'm just saying we've seen it twice this year, and we know what they think about Jimmy because they've been through it all with Jimmy. Like, for better or worse, whatever you think of the player –
1: they have he has been in the bunker with them do you think they'd like jimmy the guy and his toughness more than the actual player when they really kind of looked at back on it i think fundamentally it's it's
2: more about who we like we just love going to war with this person like yeah. we you know what you could give us a more talented player that we don't like and we would just we'll go to war with jimmy like i kind of feel like some of them might say that kind of felt like that's what was going on with Trey. It's like here's this guy trust us he's more talented and remember some of the whispers, the Mike Silver articles like, yeah, they just trust Jimmy more. And the trust is the thing that's hard to come by. And it feels like they tr- like I think what you're saying is like Brock somehow interactions in the locker room answers in the film room knowing what to do on the practice field throws he made on the practice field. What well, how,
1: how about how about in that Barrows article about like he's one of the last guys to leave because he like looks at that board double because he like wants to make sure I don't misspeak once I get in the huddle knowing that it's very the offense is very verbal you know how kyle writes down the plays yeah and like the last guy he just kind of stares at it now part of this probably is brand new there's a lot going on kyle's you know his offense you know to read it's like reading chinese so it's like you got to spend extra time but i thought that was just this guy takes it very seriously you know this is not sometimes i think you see guys that kind of feel it once they once they kind of think they arrived Now, it's easy for him not to think that he barely was drafted. I mean, maybe that's a Zach Wilson thing. Like, did he really work as hard as he probably should have? You know, who knows? But I wonder if part of it is like, this guy actually is pretty cool. And he's a really good player. And then, like, part of our ethos as a team is we're just kind of grinder, tough guy, crazy motherfuckers. And he kind of has that in him. And when you really look back at, because I saw someone on on Twitter was like, you know, I hope that this guy becomes a starter long term. They kind of retire the big cock Brock thing. And I, and I don't think it wasn't about trying to have some like juvenile nickname for him. It was more that, like, no, we fucking think this guy's got a little shit to him. Like part of when they called, uh, what was BDE or what what was Foles' nickname? Wasn't he BDN? Like Big Nick Nick or something? Oh, the E is for energy. Oh, uh, yeah, BDE. But I'm saying, well, but he Nick. was, yes. I, yeah. I think part of it, and again, he's tall. Who knows? He might be packing heat was more just like, we can go into a big moment with this guy with uh, in the biggest moments in playoff games, and we can compete at the highest level with this guy. It's, it's actually a term. What it means to me, unless, again, they could be talking about their actual packages, which are enormous, fulls, much more physically equipped to probably be pretty long, pretty more normal-sized human, so you never know. Uh, might have big feet, though, and big hands, something to keep an eye on. Is that I think they just think like this guy ain't scared of shit, and I think I wonder if the defense was kind of saying like, "Bro, this guy's fucking out there slinging in practice." Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we like mentally break a lot of guys, and, and I think Foles, which is weird, watching him play now, it feels like this guy's terrible, but he really was pretty good those couple years with the Eagles. I think it was more of the, like that. That term symbolizes like this guy's got like this guy's not our starter. No one's ever anointed him, yet he comes in and he just acts like it. Yeah. It well, quiet confidence, meaning you
2: believe in yourself, but maybe you're not in a position to tell everybody you believe in yourself, is not usually a quarterback trait because the quarterbacks are always front and center. So quarterbacks are constantly talking about everything. Like they get to talk about the whole thing. They get to they talk way too much sometimes, more than they're capable of talking. But when you're the seventh round pick, you don't get to talk at all. But here came the guy who he was not a nobody out of nowhere in his mind. He'd been a top prospect. He'd won a bunch of games. He'd been on big stages. And you know, sometimes it just translates. Like sometimes I've watched you've seen it too. A guy looks the same in college, it looks the same as a pros he did in college. And it's kind of weird. It's like, wait, what? Sometimes guys look bigger. I that's always a weird one, too. Like Kenneth Walker, like to me, look better. In the NFL than in college, and he looked great in college to me. That was just me. I remember watching the Seahawks; like this guy looks even bigger. Some guys just look bigger. I see it a lot in basketball, where like a guy has good feel in the in college, and then just goes to the NBA and just is the same, just the same guy. Like a guy, I always remember thinking that with Peyton Pritchard played at Oregon and then went to the Celtics, and just was immediately the same exact guy. And I don't know. I it's it's pretty wild to see it play out. Because Wouldn't, I, wouldn't D- Dylan Brooks be a lot like that too? Yeah, he? Dylan Brooks is ex- exactly, that's another, <laughs> another Oregon guy. Those guys know how to play, like Dane Altman teaches you how to play. But I wonder if those guys all knew, it kind of feels like the point of this conversation, when he came into the Miami game, that they didn't have that many questions about how he would play. And maybe part of it is what you said, like when you practice against one of the best defenses in the league, there's just a natural
1: confidence that's going to come with that. Yeah, I mean, all that stuff, all the stuff non-game is probably true. But then eventually, or not eventually, I mean, some guys eventually never get their shot. But when you are inserted into the game at quarterback, you kind of got to shit or get off the pot, right? Yeah. I'll say this, Jared Stidham immediately just changed the narrative of his career with one game. And if he just has another solid game, like part of football... Because you don't play that many games, and when you're a backup quarterback, we all see the stats. Like when a random guy comes in, you're like, "How many games has uh, Chase Daniel started?" And you'll look like one career game is 14 years. You're like, how is this possible? Because when you don't play, like when you actually play, you either got to play good or you're gone. You, it's, you're almost better just never really playing. Only so many guys can kind of pull this Teddy Bridgewater. Like, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater's any good. But he's like good enough that at least in some people's minds where he's gonna survive a little bit longer, but he doesn't play well now and he's injured all the time. Like to me, he's trending in the wrong direction fast. But if you put together good games, whether they matter, like week eighteen, some of these games, like Nate Peterman, if he threw five touchdowns this weekend against the Vikings, even if they lost, like fifty to forty two, be the biggest moment of his life. Because you just get film on game day. It's just I pro I scouted. All these fucking teams pay all these people just to watch tape all day long. What are you watching tape of? They're fucking them in their classroom watching tape. You know, them, th- their preparation on the practice field. It's just games. His games. You said this earlier in the week that there have to be people around the league. And I don't know what the percentage is of people that truly like them. Like, it's one thing to kind of like, I think this guy's a pretty good player. Like, I wouldn't have drafted him, but I think he's a really good player. And then there's the next level of like, I do only thought this a good player I thought we should have been all over him, like past the in the fourth round to be our backup. Like that would be to me conviction on a guy that is going the seventh round. Yeah, and I my gut would say that was a pretty small contingent of people that were legitimately willing to pound the table and say I had no problem telling our GM, telling our coaching staff I would take this guy on the third day of the draft. He can be our backup. I, my guess is that of all the people that watched him, whatever the pie chart is of the people that watched Brock Purdy. Quarterback coaches, offensive coordinators, head coaches, GMs, scouting directors, pro scouts, college scouts, that 100%, my guess is that percentage is closer to like 10% than it is 30. And honestly, it might be under 10. I mean, people legitimately like, I will fight for Brock Purdy. But I bet there were some. And I bet the head coach was telling people, like, I'm telling you this guy's going to play.
2: Yeah. When he get, Don't let him get it. That's my favorite quote. Don't, don't let him get his shot because he's not giving it back.
1: Because I think at that position too, you just see the difference like if a good pass rusher falls, like how'd you get this guy in the fourth round? Ah, he three felonies. <laughs> right. How'd that how, fuck how'd you get this wide receiver in the in the third? It's like ah strength coach hated him. Strength coach hated him, shattered his leg and uh you know, a little issue that's never been reported that we found out about our owner doesn't even know. Quarterback falls. It's like you guys just don't think he's any good. Right, no. like you guys just don't think he's going to play, because I would say right around the third round is like, well, he doesn't have the physical attributes, but he can be our backup. All those Sam Howells, Desmond Ritters, Matt Corral. So if you draft that guy in the third round, you think worst case scenario he's going to be a backup quarterback. I think Desmond Ritter, I've watched little snip, looks terrible. Now I didn't really like him at Cincinnati. Sam Howell, we'll see. Right, Matt Corral hasn't played a snap all season. The Will- Ch- Willis, oh my god, I mean he's just—he's not even functional, right? Like you can't even play offense with the guy. Like, what if you siphon the? What if you just swapped those two? And Titans aren't even in this position. They've already won the division, right?
2: Purdy and Willis.
1: Yeah, and the Niners are fucked. <laughs> yeah. Because think about this: if the Titans would have taken Willis in the third round, and Willis would have fallen to Mister Irrelevant, and the Niners would have taken him with pick two sixty-six or whatever the exact number is. What would everyone have said? You took Brock Purdy in the th- at the time. <laughs> the 49ers got a guy that many people yeah. had in the first round at Mr. Relevant.
2: Right. Well, but then the standard for how good you have to be also changes. It right? changes for sure. But if Mac Jones had been a fifth
1: rounder. Everyone would be like, God, what a pick by Bill. You could argue if Mac Jones had been a late second rounder, they'd be in good shape. Right. To Shanahan. Yeah. To Shanahan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just, but, but, saw... but, but is this I hmm. and I'm not trying to be some hater here because I'm not the biggest fan. I'm watching, I, I like Brock Purdy more than Mac Jones.
2: The only reason I'm pausing is just I'm thinking about Mac's
1: bigger, so could he be more durable over time?
2: Expectations get, but wouldn't you say know. Purdy's expectations are pretty high? I think Purdy's athleticism would definitely be one of the things that's well, now they are high. I'm just saying, like, you know, if being a seventh rounder, I'm just trying to filter out what you're supposed to be when you're a first rounder, right? Would you feel that way if Brock was a seventh rounder or a fifth rounder and Mac was a fourth rounder? I, I do, just as I close my eyes and think about watching them, I think Brock is more of a
1: playmaker. He's more athletic. I saw someone on Twitter today wrote that Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey's 10 yard split. The t- first 10 yards of the 40, same time.
2: <laughs> and Brock chose. doesn't scream at any of his coaches. Now, doesn't in, scream at anybody. In, his, in his defense, he doesn't play for the coaches that, you know, he doesn't have a defensive coordinator calling plays for him. The other thing is Kyle would throw the Microsoft surface at his
1: face. Mac might be better on the Niners. You remember last, was it the Titans game? When Kyle, it felt like, is he going to strangle Jimmy Garoppolo right here? Kyle's intense face is so intense. <laughs> Feels like it's been all hu- now. Granted, it's all gone pretty well. I'd say the Raiders game, won nine straight, but yeah, wasn't the offense's problem, though. No, and and he, got not at at he got mad at the kittle hold.
2: Oh, and he blasted the chick ref. Yeah, uh, Elijah Mitchell. Kyle Shanahan said, uh, as we're talking here, expects him to be active this week for the 49ers back from his MCL. His practice window opened. He practiced this week. Shanahan told reporters after practice Thursday he expends he expects Mitchell to be active for the game. Do they have a too many player problem? Well, they got. What you you mean this week or just in general? I'm just talking in the playoff game. How do you get everybody touches? Well, who who are you not getting touches to?
1: Was. Well, the way it's been going, is going pretty well, and Debo's been MIA for a little bit. So does he come back and get touches immediately? Right, and, there ha- and it's been all McCaffrey. I would say McCaffrey... Mason, it's not like Mason's been
2: getting 10 carries a game. Like, oh, okay, let's just go back to Mitchell. I-,
1: I think you have to put... But Christian also has an ankle turn. Like, it's a good time to dial him back a little. I, I would have... Because... You're a knee injury away from Mitchell. That could change immediately, we've seen before. And Mason has clearly proven that they are more comfortable with him than Ty Davis Price. Ty Davis Price is in pads this week for me. I agree, not Mason. And and, and if I'm in a position in the second half where it's just like, we're just going to run the ball, he gets every single carry. You're saying, would you have Mason in pads or just no Uh, McCabe? I'm cool with having them all in pads and maybe having like one Danny Gray down or whatever but i have a my pitch is wait da, hold on hold on hold on a minute john danny's got to be there for the walkout <laughs> with the stereo my, my debo's back now he gets he gets oh, booted back I <laughs> slot i have my, my curveball is if in the second half it's 20 to 3 and the eagles game doesn't matter and I, my seating is set i fucking tight and i'm running up the gut which is i mean kyle could he's like wait you just want me to call run place this is my favorite game ever ty davis price getting every carry you know what's funny i was thinking about it today is like
2: because i was thinking like wait topics. you just want me to run it well i was thinking topics like oh uh, you know it's jordan mason's time and then i thought no i don't actually you don't want jordan mason getting hurt. like you, jordan mason has proven keep him fresh and you can use him for a couple of big carries so i don't want to mess with the jordan mason recipe right I'm with you.
1: Ty Davis is it price Jordan, is my, I, I, call I
2: him even Buckley so much. Is it Bucky? Is, 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 yeah, Jordan. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to give him like 17 carries and then he's banged up or he's not hundred percent next week or whatever. So I agree with you. Now this, this is a good this is good a good eighteen
1: half carry for Ty Davis. Does Mitchell get 10 in the first half or five? Yeah, because you do have to get him up to speed, right? You can't just show well, up like you don't up. need to get Debo up to speed or McCaffrey. But you can't just show up to the, you know, F1 Grand Prix without driving for a while. Like you do need some, you do need a couple runs for Elijah. Do you though? I mean, like, don't you just need a couple next week? And
2: I don't know. I I don't know the answer. But I guess maybe you need him to test out his need
1: to know. Yeah, he's getting carries because the one thing. In, listen, this is gonna sound cold hearted, expendable player for the playoff run. Like they've been doing this without him, so it's like, are are you in or you out? Like, are we gonna like, use Elijah? you? Yeah, Like, if you're not ready, and this is, I love the player, and when healthy, that's a good point. but it's just, if you're not ready, we're just going to roll with Mason, McCaffrey, and Debo as our backfield. Right. To me, Debo's not getting a carries in this game. You don't want to have Elijah dressed for the first playoff game,
2: not have another running back dressed, and then he can't give you. For sure. That's a good point. Yeah. And same with Debo. I just need to gauge, which. See, I yeah. just, I, Debo, I wouldn't give Debo a touch this week. He's getting them, don't you think? Yeah, I I wouldn't even play him this week. Do you don't expect need, him to it, be it in pads? Speed. I didn't watch Kyle today. Oh, he said obante wearing a Fresno State shirt at his press conference. Um, hoodie.
1: <laughs> yeah, it feels like you know that were they a little tighter in the act? You know <laughs>
2: they did the, they they put the trade together. Didn't you see what David said on David Carson and on NFL Network? Um, I I don't think like to me Debo's the guy that doesn't need to ramp up, but whatever. These guys know him. Yeah. You want to, wouldn't hurt to have him and Brock have a couple of plays together, I guess, if we're looking for reasons, but
1: Brock's like, you want me to throw a wide receiver screen? I think I can Brock's that like, one out. Josh isn't playing? Josh Johnson's not starting this week. Yeah, to me it's we got Ty Davis Price and Josh Johnson written all over in the second half. Speaking of uh Derek Carr, a fork in the road game
2: for the uh Seahawks. Does the Seahawks making the playoffs this year affect anything they do? moving forward uh keep in mind Seattle right now has the third overall pick in the NFL draft and Denver's pick and they also have their own pick which right now is 19 whatever that's worth that can move because there's half the league is uh not half but like a quarter of the league is eight and eight right now so are they at a turning point this weekend with what they do next to quarterback crazy to think Gino the only quarterback that survived the season in the NFC West
1: that's insane. You told me that before. Really, when uh, you think about
2: it, he's survived, and all the other teams have had double quarterback injuries, right? Colt McCoy and Kyler have gotten hurt. They actually had a third injury with Trace. The Rams had Stafford and what's his name? The guy that runs around got hurt. Oh, yeah. Wolford. Yeah. And then the Niners had two starters hurt. So, like,
1: yeah, well, do you know that Derek Carr, his contract becomes fully guaranteed, not when the league year starts, but it's two five 23 So February like a 5th. week after the Super Bowl, they have Wait, what? What day is the Super Bowl? Well, I, I, like two ten or two nine or that so week before 29. the Super Bowl. You said I February fifth. February fifteenth. Oh, fifteenth. Got it. So the Super Bowl is, I think it's the the day after Valentine's Day. So the Raiders need to either have a trade agreed upon or they have to decide to cut him a month before the league year starts. I heard someone say that yesterday, and I was like, is that true? Look, that's the way his contract, which is actually, in fairness, if you're going to sign a fake contract and get a no-trade clause, that's a pretty good little thing to have in there for Derek's. Like, you're going to get yeah. rid of me. We're going to fucking know fast. Yeah. Like, we're not, you're not going to be able to cut me after the league year starts. And that some people have already, you know, gotten married to other quarterbacks.
2: Right. And the other scenario would be you. He has to. He agrees to some contract, ex- some contract rework and a trade. That's the other scenario, which is similar to the just the straight up trade scenario.
1: In what world? Unless the unless the trade scenario includes a new contract, which is very possible. I think it's if I'm Derek and you're truly pretty butthurt right now, which he clearly is, and the family is, would you do business with the Raiders when you can force their hand to be cut on 215 and be a full-on free agent?
2: Well, the benefit of doing business with them is you have $40 million guaranteed to you, right?
1: But wouldn't as a true free agent he get more than forty million dollars? Like,
2: isn't a big you would reason- think, but that forty is 20, 40 million right? That's his number next year. No,
1: it's it's thirty three twenty three, and then like seven and a half. It no. adds up to forty over two years.
2: Yeah, I mean that would be your agent's right to figure out. But yeah, if you think you can make more money as a free agent, which how could he? 30, not? He gets
1: thirty three next year, and then it only guarantees seven the following year. I think he could do better than that. On the open I agree, market. so he, he should not return any phone calls. Because those teams that are talking to the Raiders, like,
2: 216, we'll all talk. Also, if you're Derek, you're like, yeah, I don't want whoever I'm going to to
1: have just traded their first or their second or their third round pick or whatever. Well, so if you're Seattle and you have this incredible pick, the Denver Broncos, who play the Chargers this week, who might have a chance to win because the Chargers, actually they have, unless the Ravens win, the Ravens can still get the five if they win, and the Chargers lose. So the Chargers are incentivized to win to keep that seed, which you would say is actually a pretty good seed because you're playing the winner of the NFC South. And even if it's the Jags who are technically hot, I, I think are the Chargers going to be favoring that game given the way they've been playing against the Jags on the road? Yeah. Four or five. Yeah. So Seattle, like they're get. Let's assume Denver loses, and that pick is two or three. That's a. It's going to be the highest they're going to draft for a long time. Right. They've proven this year they could fucking get to eight, nine wins with Geno Smith. Like they got a good culture. They got good players and they got more picks coming. Why wouldn't they be in the mix for Derek? Now, if you tell me John Schneider loves Will Levis, loves CJ Stroud, he's also proven that like he can love a quarterback, sign a quarterback, and then just figure it out. Isn't that part of Pete Carroll's deal? Like, would they be against, well, let's sign Derek and we'll draft a quarterback? Maybe the guy sits for a year we get 2 years of Derek. like maybe that's in vogue now the sitting thing is it back isn't most things in sports like life kind of cyclical yeah yeah uh quarterbacks have gotten a little
2: cheaper <laughs> right actually rookies. rookies yeah rookies exactly we've gotten cheaper um yeah i mean you can if you just want look look at we just went we're going to go to the playoffs with Gino threw for 4000 yards
1: led the league and and potentially go to the playoffs, led the league. If he, my point is, Canada. if he's cut Seattle, you could argue win or lose. Like, Geno's really come back to earth. Wouldn't Seattle be, if they're interested in Derek, is there a better spot that Derek shouldn't call back? Like, wh- where's a better spot? Better than in Indy, you know, better well, than
2: Carolina? If Harbaugh were to go to Indy, I think Indy's team's pretty good. And their division, not terrible. I mean, it's not a bad place to play. The NFC West, not a ideal place. To, it's just hard, right? In theory, I will guess the Rams and the Cardinals are picking up the pieces. The Seahawks have done it before. I mean, they drafted Russ, and they at the time, like the money they gave Matt Flynn was not an insignificant amount of money. It wasn't what you're going to have to pay Derek. But well, okay, assuming Harbaugh takes a job, let's just say in seven days, he said he's planning to enthusiastically be coaching the Michigan Wolverines next year.
1: But let's just pick a date. Let's say. January 12th, he's named the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. So in seven days from today, which feels w- would actually, it probably be longer than that, right? Because they're going to have to do a little bit of a dog and pony show, interview some people. They just, the league is very sensitive with that stuff. Now let's say January 20th, he's hired to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. That gives him less than a month to like staff together, get everything figured out. And he's got to deal with Derek. That would happen pretty fast. A trade, but if Derek's a free agent, that's what I'm saying. But if he's a free agent, with Seattle, th- their ducks are in a row, much more than some of these teams
2: that are in flux. But right? if you're like to me, it does not make sense to sign Derek and just to have a quarterback sit because you can do it just to have a rookie sit. Cause you can do that with Gino. You already have Gino there. You like Gino. Geno's liked by the locker room. As Mikey B on the stream says, Gino played better than Derek this year, and he's probably cheaper. Well, like, ESG is cheaper. So, if you're going to do the, we'll take a quarterback thing and let the veteran be the guy until the rookie's ready. I don't think you signed Derek to do that. I think you signed Derek if you believe load up my squad with my picks, load up the squad with the picks. But again, like part of this is, do you think Derek is an upgrade to Gino if you're the Seahawks? Because like you could make the argument, it's not. Historically, it's not even close. I think yeah, the Derek is a much better quarterback than Geno Smith, and I do agree with you. I think Derek can be again, but you know, look around the
1: league. There's a lot of teams doing. Look at the Niners for the Niners for years. My point is that's a pretty good spot for them. They run the Shanahan offense, which you know he's kind of tailor made for. They traded for Noah fans, so they have a tight end that can run. They obviously have a stud running back. DK's a star. They easily could take another home field advantage. It's been a while. They have a, a, had a home coach, field advantage. A, a very positive coach, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if they signed you, they believed in you. you I'm just like saying that? it's... I w- like that you a lot that more than the Carolinas history. and the Jets. I, I, I think it should be right up there. It, yeah, Tampa. No, thank you. Fuck that. New Orleans, I'm not dealing with that. Uh, what about Atlanta? I'm not doing it.
2: I don't think Atlanta's terrible. Good receivers, not- solid coach,
1: tight end, running back, football not- team. Not touching. Jets, no. Worst spot in the league for
2: them. Uh Pittsburgh's kind of out now. Right? I'd say they, they're out. They like their guy again. Did you say Tennessee? Uh, no. Would well, there- I haven't. We had to check the contract on old Tannenbaum.
1: W- would. There- <laughs> <laughs> would derek
0: <laughs> Jewish uh, w-
1: w- w- would would uh, would Derek decline a straight up trade Mac Jones Derek Carr because I've seen people throw that out there would he decline it
2: you mean would he decline it just fundamentally based on not wanting to play for Bill I think you'd decline it based on their coordinator like I just I cannot go there to play for the beard
1: what if Bill O'Brien comes back Yeah, we we could
2: not a positive influence necessarily, but a really negative guy. My, how about Miami? Is Harbaugh a positive influence? Yeah, Harbaugh has had a positive effect on his quarterbacks. Yeah, but he's intense. Now Derek's intense. He He is. How about Miami? Did you say Dolphins? I did not. Tough division. I think that could be a good fit. Like, if we're it's just not, comparing it to Seattle, I mean, I mean, talk about a positive coach. Now, you got to play Belichick. You got to play the Bills. You got to play the Jets. I mean, that's suboptimal.
1: And part of this conversation Daniel starts, starts remember David Carr, his brother, poo pooed one of Derek's long standing not takes, but, uh, ultimatums what word declarations am I yeah uh, I, claims I will, I will retire yeah before i play for anyone else but the raiders and david said on nfl network with mooch just staring at him well yeah mooch was not nodding did you notice that <laughs> not not nodding at all mooch is looking that went completely out the window the moment they threw him in the trash well, I, you know what? Well, Derek, I don't, you don't want to play for anyone else. So if they traded you, like, eventually, part of that was like, what if they get rid of you? That was always going to be the case. So that I was know. not a fair declaration. You just completely made that up because it does sound cool. It was a completely fake statement.
2: Yeah, it was. But I also respect that he, that he's not following through on his. word. I'd rather him not follow through on that I agree. word. Than follow I agree. through <laughs> on that word. I agree. And go out like that. Let let Mark Davis run him out of the league. So
1: do you? One question I and I've been thinking about this. He obviously built an enormous house, ironically, not right next to Gruden, which neither of them are going to be Raiders for long. You get this good house in an area. I think he's a member at the Sweet Country Club there. He plays with some PJ Tour Pros. He likes living there. That's pretty yeah. clear. Yeah. You got some tax advantages. I would imagine the community got some other famous people. It's probably pretty sweet, I would guess, when you roll into his cul-de-sac. Probably does not suck. I would imagine Gruden sold that house. His new neighbor probably isn't some nobody. Do you leave? Or do you like, obviously you take your family if you go to Miami, Indy or Seattle, but do you just keep that house? And is that your home base moving forward or tough? Just, How close from Devante are you? I It's a good question. I don't know. I think, I think someone said that he, or I read, he built an enormous pad there too. He did I, that a couple years ago. I, I,
2: maybe it depends. Like to me, if you go off and have success, you know what I mean? Then you, then, then it's, I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's what, not the same as like, like staying, staying in
1: Philly or staying in New
2: York. Yeah. It's a little different. No, right? I'm just saying well, I'm just talking about what would feel right to you personally. I think you could stay there. Easy to get back and forth to Bakersfield from there.
1: A lot of people call, I'd say, areas like Florida and Vegas kind of like their home bases because of tax yeah. advantages and then go. He's rich enough to he could have other home bases. Right? Sure. Sure. I think you can stay there because that's probably the like. I don't know if it's the first thing that crossed my mind when I get benched, my career's over for this franchise that I've dedicated, you know, what he's 30, a third of my life to, and, and really a hundred percent of my energy to. It's like, I love being here. I, I, I don't want to leave. And most people, when you get fired or get whatever from a job, you don't have a choice. This is one, like I have an unlimited amount of money. Like I, said, I could, I legitimately could retire. When do you think Derek's going on, or Dave going on that podcast with all their cousins to break all the news? The Harvester? Yeah. I think he might have already done it. It just hit me. The Harvester. It's Bakersfield farming.
2: Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, Sports Business Journal's John Orand uh, tweets, Thursday Night Football, Amazon Prime, and local channels. This year, the rate at uh, 9.6 million viewers, 9.6 million. Uh, 2021, Down. it was 16.2. So a 41% drop. What's now, a- he says now, he's just reporting these are the facts. He says now, Amazon, he wrote, Amazon spin. It's the lowest median age for a full NFL season since 2013. 47 years old. It's the biggest median age gap between a standalone package and the other package. So the Amazon package is seven years younger. And the viewership in 18 to 34-year-old demo is up 11%, although I do think that could be directly attributed to 7,000 Niners channels on YouTube. But viewership...
1: Wait, say the last thing on the young viewership. Uh,
2: viewership in the in the 18 to 34 demo is up 11%. I was going to say, you think it's like Dude Perfect and some of that other stuff they got going? Uh, yeah, I don't know if that counts all of the YouTube... Uh, all of the different Amazon YouTube... All the different Amazon channels or just the one game broadcast?
1: Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, Amazon didn't get into this because they thought that they were going to match. Two, this is a long-term play. And three, it just it just boggles my mind. You know, if these people were watching it, I guess last year it was on Fox but if historically used to watch it on NFL network and that number was a little lower than Fox, but higher than Amazon. Is it that much more difficult? I, I mean, mean, I i have yeah, seen mean, seven things from Amazon prime in the last four days. I just think it's, it is, it takes time for
2: things. Like we're talking about legacy, legacy television media. So it just, just, it takes time for things to change over, you know? Yeah. I think it's a, I actually think it's a positive number if you're Amazon. It's like, we just rolled out the first year. We're not, we're almost 9 million. Like I, Folks, this is we all see where the, we all see where this is going. <laughs> you know, It's just a matter of time. Um, Akasha on the stream says, "Have you guys seen the reports of Mike McDaniel getting fired?" Armando Salguero, longtime Dolphins reporter, writes this: "If the Dolphins go from eight and three to eight and nine, and not in the playoffs," quote everybody's job is at risk. If they win their season finale and sneak into the playoffs, Steven Ross might look the other way on those five consecutive December to January losses, but it will feel more like a skid than a collapse. But if they go from eight and three to eight and nine and not in the playoffs, everybody's job is at risk.
1: That'd be pretty crazy. I think you think I was listening to Lombardi's podcast At the gym and had a good point that obviously both these two teams, you know, like the Dolphins, the Jets, I think, were seven and four. And they were eight and three. Some people were talking about the Dolphins in the playoffs. Well, I mean, in the Super Bowl. Both these two teams, they play each other, right? Jets-Dolphins, is that the game? Jets-Dolphins is the game. Both these two teams, guy, are coming in on a five-game losing streak. That means assuming there is not a tie... The loser of this game is going to end the season on a six-game losing streak, which in the NFL, I mean, that's basically two months. Obviously, Saul is year two, Mike's year one. Is the loser of this game getting fired? Because it crossed my mind. If I'm when I saw when I saw Lafleur's brother, who you did you listen to him talk? Sounds just like his brother. I read his quotes. If I was one of the owners. And I think I got all this talent. Miami definitely does. The Jets definitely do. We don't have a quarterback. It's hard for me to blame Mike for Tua. Uh, I definitely can blame Sala and Joe Douglas for Zach Wilson, who was an utter disaster, and they fucking... Well, did Sala pick him? Uh, Yeah, remember? That was LaFleur. But I, I I wonder if the loser of this game gets fired. Because I, I, I do think if you're Woody Johnson, who's now back from his seven years abroad doing who knows what, could go, why don't I just pay Sean Payton $20 million? I have this sweet team. He can just inherit it, and he'll fix out my offense. Thanks or for the work, Or Jim Harbaugh. Hasn't Stephen Ross sniffed around on Jim Harbaugh before? Sniffed around? <laughs> he said, I won't steal him from Michigan. My alma and mater. He, and he tried to hire him when Jed got him.
2: Remember? Yeah. So... I mean, that could make, you know, like, is Mike McDaniel, like, if you told me Stephen Ross was not going to fire Mike McDaniel until, but then Jim became available again, and then that, like, if you fire a guy because you have a guy you love, then I, I don't really, I got no problem with that ever. I don't care if it's been one year. Like, if Sean Payton told the Texans he's coming, sorry, lovey. You know. All right. I mean, loving might get fired. We might get fired anyway, but you know what I'm saying. So yeah, 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 that's a good question. I mean, I I do think having watched both these teams this year, as you have and a lot of people have, like they're especially the Dolphins, their quarterback situation has been all over the map. I mean, I give Mike McDaniel credit for making Tua look good. Um, better than he's ever looked. So, you know, now I just I understand you're an owner, like we're eight and three. What the hell happened, fellas? But I'm watching Jets, your- were seven, Jets were seven and four. That's that one I could I would judge even a little more harshly because, like you said, if they picked that quarterback, like I don't judge I don't care.
1: Mike, it's not Mike McDaniel's fault who the
2: quarterbacks are.
1: I agree, but the other thing that crossed my mind, but the Tua situation, maybe you blame Mike for. I don't know. I do wonder for Salah – This is what I think about just in my spare time. If he was fired, which I don't, I don't think he should be, and I don't think necessarily he will be, but I. Six games. I mean, it's the NFL. These owners have unlimited money. You never fucking know. It's all chump change to them. Would he interview for jobs that week? Yeah. Or I has he not he done head enough? Coach interviews. I I, th- I, I thought so too. Yeah. Now,
2: could they both work for D'Amico? <laughs> like, D'Amico's you don't like, think all of my deal be- is a
1: package deal? Sol is my DC.
2: Uh, Mike's my OC. do you think Mike McDaniel would interview for jobs that week no I don't you don't think Mike McDaniel would get hired as head coach uh, I do not know uh, I think he might I think he would interview I think 100% he would interview I think the Panthers would
1: talk to both of them their offense was pretty sweet before Tua's head fell off Tua, his-
2: Tua, I mean he John he turned Tua into some were claiming one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL by some measures I it think he did a, I think he proved a lot with Tua I think the – I th- like, I could see the Panthers
1: liking him. Now, they might just give Steve Wilkes the job. Also, but- Well, that was a classic Sunday news drop. All signs pointed to Steve Wilkes keeping the job. And then you look up three hours later, Tom Brady's throwing bombs to Mike Evans. You're like, yeah, he's probably not keeping the job. Sean on the
2: stream said, the original Peyton as the head coach and Brady as the owner player comes back
1: on the table in Miami. That's a good point, Sean well, guy, why wouldn't the, why wouldn't Woody Johnson be interested in the same fucking thing? His, he, I think Woody Johnson would say, I actually, our team is more complete than their team. It would make more sense for Tom. But I mean, both would work. Tom
2: may just want to stay. Sean may just want to be beachside where you can listen to... Kitty Kisses
1: in New York. Huh? The kid Tom kisses. Oh, the He's- kid he kisses. I was like, who is Kitty Kiss? Tom's no, the girlfriend. kid it's Tom's son that Tom's son, he gives yeah, neck, yeah. neck kisses to. G- good point. Good point. Which again, I mean, it's to each his own. But uh, interesting,
2: got that kind of makes that game. What's the? What's the? Uh, I'm I'm pretty interested in that thing. That's a. Uh, you want to hear, hear my opinion? That's plus two and a half. Loser of that game gets fired. Who do you think loses that game? Dolphins. Probably I not win that world. game.
1: For as crazy and people think Woody's nuts, Stevens way nuttier. Steven Ross is the way richer high level businessman Dan Snyder, I think. I mean, less, I'm not talking like clearly he's better with the the other owner. I just mean like you can't be shocked at anything this guy does. If you told me he like has some power play to get like one of the top EPL coaches to be consult his football, you know, this guy's out there. This guy is out there and he has unlimited money, unlimited cash. He literally, in Jed York's backyard, out-politicized him with whoa, public whoa. donations, and his guy won because he's fucking building all the real estate around Jed Stadium.
2: Incredible. <laughs> that's a pretty big power
1: move. Massive. This guy's fucking based on the East Coast. It's like, yeah, Jed, I own Santa Clara, too. All right. that's. that's I, I, I do think that. if one of those two guys is fired Monday, it doesn't even feel like they'd be fired Monday, but who knows? Why wouldn't that be? You're right. It feels that feels you're going to do it. Oh, my God. Wednesday. You see, Robert. like I text you. Robert Sala has been fired. Feels more like a Wednesday than Monday. But let's just say Monday. That'd be a pretty big. Wow.
2: Robert Sala. All right. Let's let's say they both get fired, which we don't. That's not what you're predicting, but just the
1: job for each guy. Next job for Robert Sala would be what? Which you could also say is on the table, regardless of the outcome. Assuming Miami misses the playoffs. Would Sala,
2: if D'Amico left, which it's 50-50 at this point, I'm not, he may, he may not. I mean, he's going to be a head coach, but would Sala immediately come back? No, but being the Niners, DC would be on the table if he doesn't get a head coaching job, right? Yeah. Okay, next job for
1: each. Uh, I think Sala has a much, much better chance of becoming a head coach I actually could see Denver, you know, I could see a lot of people. I think he's really well-respected. I I wonder if a lot of people wouldn't touch Mike's weirdness right away. Um, It could go either way. My
2: thought on Mike is Denver. Remember, did the owner say the next head coach is going to report to him? Yes. I could see the owner and Mike, the owner kind of feeling like, you know, me and Mike, this will be a good little team here. Mike's different than most football guys, which don't really want to talk to the owner. Mike might, I don't know. I can see the owner thinking like, I'm going to go out. So I'm going to go get Mike McDaniel. He fixed to he's, I got all this money. I don't know if you saw, uh, was it rap sheet? Somebody on NFL network said, you know, you could cut Russ and take the $108 million hit
1: next year, but it's uh, not, it's not about paying him to go away. They would gladly do it as what you, your cap to sign players. Right? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. You might as well just utilize them, uh, so Mike, you could, remember Mike McDaniels from there. So he's got to start as a ball That's boy, right? I, I think Mike
2: in Denver, I think the, like a weird owner situation to me would benefit him. Um
1: Would you rather have, if you and I ran Denver, we're talking, we're like, they're both going to get fired Monday, right? Let's just say they're both. Could, would you rather have Mike as the head coach, Robert as the DC or Robert as the DC, Mike as the, or Mike, excuse me. So Robert as the DC, Mike as the head coach, we'll yeah. have Robert as the head coach, Mike is the OC.
2: Uh, whatever ends in Mike calling offense is fine with me. Either one. I both of them have shown they can handle weird, awkward, difficult situations. Uh, I would
1: go with Robert as the head coach. And just let Mike defense? on offense. I think he's proven this year. It does, it does. He's proven this year. It's like he can kind of motivate that group. Um. What about? <laughs>
2: Yeah, New Orleans.
1: I'm kind of expecting them both to get fired. Carolina, now. Atlanta.
2: The Jets one is, bro. These are weird places, man. If, yeah, if you like the quarterback, then that's then yes, you deserve to get fired.
1: what those Deser. two, pla- what those two places are, are what Mike or uh, Michael Bidwell and Mark Davis dream of doing. <laughs> Having unlimited cash, and every time I hate the coach. Fire them. Yeah, What Al Davis used to be able to do. Why? He didn't pay the coaches anything. It was easy to do. Those guys can do it. And they cut those huge checks. And those type guys are the reason that the league told everyone at the league meetings, you guys have paid $800 million in the last six years to tell people to go away. And they're like, yeah, we don't even care. We'll pay $800 million more if we think we need to. It's all fake money that we're just getting from the league. Right? Or, I mean, yep. the money we're generating as a yeah, yeah, league. Yeah. Mark's like God. I'm fucking jealous. Because <laughs> if you were Mark, wouldn't you? You could easily justify firing everyone and throwing the bag at Jim Harbaugh, right?
2: Hundred <laughs> percent.
1: But Jim's going to cost you another hundred and ten million. And I would imagine if Jim comes back,
2: who's going to be his defensive? That'd be three straight years of insane coaching contracts. <laughs> it would. Well, not three straight years. The Gruden contract was a few years before that. But
1: assuming he got out. Uh, it Sean, feels like if he didn't get out and was trying to get out, it would have got out that they were like at each other's throat. I think yeah. it's pretty clear maybe there was a payment made, Deuce kept on the staff. Like you can you can add up the pieces on that one. I don't think Deuce randomly got saved. Probably not. Everybody's a pawn.
2: Uh yeah, we were gonna talk about Cave on, but I'm in too good of a mood. Yeah, I don't want to. The gatekeepers. Remember. Who are these gatekeepers, John? For you, if you didn't see that, I just record. If you didn't see Kayvon's interview where he said he doesn't care about, uh, uh Jeff Saturday. I almost called him Bob Saturday. Uh, that's not even the best part. The part where he says he doesn't know who Jeff Saturday is is not even the best part of the video. The video of him, t- he's like, and we are going to talk about it. He talks like he is just giving a speech at Harvard's commencement. Who are these gatekeepers? Who are they to say? Who can celebrate what? Who are you to say what the narrative is? Once we figure out who the gatekeepers are, then we can conversation. Then we can have a conversation about what's right. And the guy, the reporter's like, "Yeah, uh, I think you said it might have been Jordan Renan." Yeah, man. Just, can you give me a quote on Jeff Saturday, please? The head coach, the other guy, the other team, Super Bowl champ, pro, <laughs> you know, Pro Bowler, all that. He's the guy that said it. I'm not the gatekeeper. I'm just saying he didn't like you doing snow angels and no snow after you came untouched. I do think there's a difference. You know, if you came untouched on a blitz, unless you made some defensive audible call that got you untouched. You know, I think you celebrate like two notches less when you were untouched. And, uh, and it looked like you peeked, at him, right? Yeah. And it looked like you peeked, <laughs> and it went on forever. <laughs>
1: The well, he didn't do snow angels. He did, he did a snow 75 angels. I mean, he fucking did 18. I, how, honestly, how many snow angels do you think he did? 16? Way more than I. Like, you're <laughs> watching and going, this has to be the last one.
2: This <laughs> falls is just writhing in pain. Help! <laughs> Who are the gatekeepers? <laughs> yeah, man. I, it's I am- highly recommend you watching that. Highly recommend. Just a man asking a question, waiting for an answer. Uh, do also, do
1: you think Jeff Saturday is the next head coach of the Colts? Because I, uh, do. I don't
2: I do know. <laughs> Depends, I guess, on Jim. But you know what happened after I, I, I you sent me the thing. I watched it. You said multiple people sent me the cave on. Like, what is cave doing? I watched it again today and really today absorbed it and enjoyed it. And and as I'm watching, I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure I've heard cave say he's a student of the game. So a quick little Google search found that he did say it uh, on Sunday Night Football on NBC, he went on the set after his great Sunday Night game. Jack Collinsworth said it might have been the greatest Sunday Night performance he can remember. And um, Kayvon said, I'm a student of the game. Also, a little clip we can bring back if the Giants play the Niners. He said he hates tight ends in that interview. Um, But he says he's a student of the game. Now, maybe he just means I've film studied the game, not necessarily the history of the game not a historian, just I. maybe that's what he meant. I just studied the tape, but. How did he miss the Jeff Saturday
1: story this year? <laughs> that's the other question. Because honestly, the way he said it, I kind of believed him. Like, he's got no clue who Jeff Saturday is. Do you agree?
2: Um, I do think it's possible that he doesn't know who Jeff Which, whatever, like, I don't actually think that's insane.
1: No, I agree. I, I think he knows, like, Jeff Saturday is the coach of the culture or whatever, but. He said, like you know, his resume. He wouldn't know, like, oh yeah, he was the Peyton Manning's guy for their heyday. I, I, in think, fairness, he would have been young. Yeah, like.
2: I think he may know, but I also, I, I don't think it's like some. I'm not killing him if he doesn't actually know Jeff's resume. Yes. Yeah, are like you? Jeff's are Adelman. you? Are you saying kayvon you're full of shit if he doesn't know his resume?
1: No, no, no. I, I, I b- believed him. He doesn't know who this guy is. Is my point. <laughs> Who are the gatekeepers? Who are these gatekeepers? I don't even again, the Saturday part to me is so irrelevant. Him going off on who are the gatekeepers is the best part. So I, I didn't know this, but now it makes sense. Saturday must have gone on a rant about like it was chicken shit what he did. Is that is that what Saturday happened? Jeff Saturday? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was a rant,
2: but Jeff Saturday just said it was it was bullshit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. After he's losing 45 to six again. You see that? You ever see just the running total of the scores? No, what is it? Why it's it's enormous. I mean, they've been outscored in the fourth quarter. I think since the Raider game, as everyone always like to say, don't ever forget Jeff Saturday did beat Josh McDaniels. So once you remove that, I think the scoring Colts versus everybody well, since the Raider game fourth quarters is really really high. After the Raider
2: game, they lost by one to
1: Philly. They were up in the game, though. Remember, and the Eagles scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. It's fourth quarter scoring. Oh, fourth quarter scoring. Got it. I think it's like I think it's like a hundred to zero. Because the Eagles were down 17-3. to three. The Vikings were down a million. I mean, the Giants just scored a bunch. Like, everyone's scoring a lot of points on them as the game goes. Gotcha. I mean, I think yeah. Jeff Saturday took back over the play calling, too, from uh, Parks and Rec.
2: Oh. I'll say this for Kayvon. Jeff Saturday just come off the ESPN set, too. It's not like
1: Jeff. Jeff the player, a lot of respect, right? Jeff the coach. Does on. Jeff Saturday keep receipts when he heads back to the ESPN set? of what all the people on ESPN talk shit about them, or do you just... Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't you? I don't know
2: if you kept the receipt so much as you spend the offseason finding them. <laughs> yeah. All right, NFL Live from Tuesday, December 7th. Let's cue that up.
1: You do like a query.
2: You're like, all right, let me watch the Sal Pal 2 a.m. show, see what they said on the film study show.
1: You could argue you put your assistant on that project this week, right? You're like, well, I might not have an assistant anymore, so I got a project for you, bro. <laughs>
2: Like Jeff spent the whole offseason watching
1: tape, didn't sleep. What was he watching? Orlovsky. Mina Kimes, talk a bunch of shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now I'm on to Fox. Let's
2: see what Acho said. All right. Uh, All right, a couple games on Saturday. Sunday, we'll see what happens. Cheers. Hopefully Sunday night football is good. Cheers. Wet January. Monday is the national championship game. We'll be back before then, but just uh, something to keep in mind. Good luck, Sonny.
1: Yeah, good luck, Sonny. Are you rooting for Sonny Dykes to win the champ- TCU to win the championship? I am. You know, I haven't decided. I, I think it would be pretty cool to see. I like seeing a guy create a dynasty. I think Kirby, Kirby would just yeah be would a great behemoth.
2: I just think TCU winning the championship would be one of the like we see it in other sports. Like I guess Butler didn't win the title, but they were two title. It's just such an unfootball thing to see. You know,
1: would this be Jim Valvano of our lifetime?
2: I mean, they were in the mount. They were in the Mountain West ten years ago. I know
1: it's insane. I know it's crazy. It's but it's not really that crazy. They, they did didn't they win a Rose Bowl like five years ago? TCU, TCU played in a, a Rose Bowl. Was it a CFP year? I mean, what, what? Uh, they played Wisconsin in 2011. What the hell happened in eleven? Uh, not quite sure, but. They went thirteen and one. But they, wait, but they were a Mountain
2: West team that year.
1: They won the game. T- Rose U- Bowl. They there played were three, Wisconsin.
2: three versus five. Wait, wait. Oh,
1: was that the year Oregon played Florida State?
2: Well, that was probably too. no.
1: That that was the year that uh, Oregon played
2: Auburn. Auburn. Okay. Okay. Andy Dalton beat Wisconsin. I don't remember that, but they were a Mountain West team that that year, right? Or were they a Big Twelve team?
1: It's a good question. 11? They yeah, were I think just, they would have
2: been a Mountain West team.
1: They were three. They were in the Big 12 that year. It might have been their first year. They actually kind of cruised the Big 12. They were 13 and 1. The next closest team was K State at 10 and 4. I mean, fuck, they came in guns blazing. <laughs> this would be their second. I guess this isn't the Rose Bowl, huh? This is SoFi. Wait a second. The FCS
2: national championship game still hasn't been played. Somebody just said, Jay Milson, who you got? NDSU versus SDSU in the Natty. I think they, they go they go by after uh, the semis, maybe. So North Dakota play, State
1: plays South Dakota State. Yes. Didn't, didn't Troy Taylor play like seven weeks ago in the second round?
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they play FCS national championship game is in Frisco, Texas.
1: Guys, Sun.
2: Wait, this Sunday afternoon. Why? Yeah. This should be a Friday afternoon game. Are they really playing this Sunday? What? Hold on. Quick poll here. Is is Trey going to be... Which game will Trey Lance be at? Hell of a question. So they play January 8th, this Sunday, at 1 o'clock. On ABC? So ABC's like, let's just get some content. You know what I just said? ABC... Yeah. Carries the FCS championship game at, I don't know what, which is this, a one o'clock Pacific, whatever. Probably not. You know I'm what they saying. should, this game should be the lead up. They should play this game, you know, like, I don't know, before the national, the college, the FBS national championship game.
1: I'll tell you when they should play it. It should be an 11 o'clock kickoff, a couple hours Saturday. leading up to the Chiefs Raider game. Well, yeah, they should play it Saturday. Anyway. How about a Monday
2: night doubleheader—the FCS uh, championship game and the FBS championship game?
1: Reality is, no one really cares about this Division One double A game. That's just a fact. I mean, if you told me it was Monday, I might—I'd watch it. I—I uh, yeah, think that's you, that's kind of your preseason take. You say it, I don't think you'd watch much.
2: <laughs> if it was close in the fourth quarter. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Adios.